0: Hey, good morning everybody. Hope you all are having a good one. Hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. I should probably turn towards the camera like a professional. Hey, good morning. This is Just Human number 146 and it is Monday. I'm pretty sure anyway, I'm kind of losing track of days, but I'm pretty sure it's Monday because I took my kid to school today and they accepted him. There were teachers there and the last time I did that was a couple days ago, so I'm pretty sure it's Monday. Hope you all had a great weekend. I had a good weekend. It was my anniversary weekend for me and my wife. And we went out on a date, which is something that is pretty rare. Once you have two kids like we do. And a lot of you parents know that dates are rare and, uh, you cherish them and take advantage of them when you can. And we were very lucky. We got to go on a date and, uh, I'll tell you about it real quick. Uh, we, So let me see how to start this. It'll be a short story. But um, when I first moved here to date my wife, we went to a a restaurant that was like this fusion restaurant. It was like all sorts of different styles of food. It was like Korean meets Vietnamese meets Mediterranean meets American, a whole bunch of different styles of food, one of those fusion type restaurants. And, uh, this town was not ready for it. And it was really good. It was really good food. We loved it. We had several dates there. It's where we had our first date. We had a bunch of follow-up dates there and made lots of good memories going there, but the restaurant closed within a year of us being here because this, this city just wasn't ready for a restaurant like that. Um, and this was 12 years ago. No, more like 13 or 14 years ago. And, uh, So the restaurant closed down and we were pretty sad about it. And, uh, years later during the first, yeah, right after we got married, we moved to an apartment that happened to be next door to where this restaurant used to be located. Um, it closed down, it turned into a, uh, like apartment, it turned like apartments, I think for, uh, it had something to do with the hospital here. I think it was like doctors and nurses, apartments for when they were like visiting doctors and nurses or something. And, uh, anyway, it's, it's been other things since it was last a restaurant. Well, it recently reopened as a restaurant, different owners, different type of restaurant. And we'd heard lots of good things about it. It's actually a farm to table restaurant. One of those type things where it's lots of local, local food, local produce, local, um, meat and vegetables and all that stuff. Um, so we had had an idea to go back to this restaurant and for nostalgia reason reasons. And so this opportunity came up for our date night, for our anniversary, grandparents took the kiddos and we went there and we, it was great. It was tons of nostalgia came flooding back. So we, we walk in and they're like, where do you want to sit? And We didn't, we don't know anything about what their options are. We're just like, wherever, we're fine with whatever. And they asked what inside or outside. We say outside because it's really nice. And they set us on this patio and we were all alone on this patio. And this patio was facing the apartment building we used to live in when we were first married. So on our anniversary date, we're at the restaurant where we very first had a date as a couple and we're sitting on a patio staring at the very first place we lived as a married couple. So it was just tons of nostalgia and uh, very sentimental, you know, and we were reflecting back together. We had a great meal. We had a great time and I spent most of my weekend working, but Saturday night I had a great date and I am, I am so thankful for it. Me and my wife really needed that. And, uh, Man, it it was great. So, I hope y'all had a great one. I certainly enjoyed that. And uh, on Sunday, I went right back to work. And if you're not familiar, I have been writing for Badlands Media and going over the Danchenko trial. Now, real quickly, if you watched my shows last week, you know that... I was pretty frustrated and I really wanted to get my hands on source material for the trial. And thanks to badlands media, I was able to get access to the actual trial transcripts. It's about 250 plus pages per day of transcript. Um, maybe, maybe 300 plus. And I have been going through them ever since I first got them each and every day of the trial and producing a very detailed article With lots and lots of citations from the transcript. It actually doesn't, the articles actually don't contain very much writing from me. Um, when you open one up, it's as long as can be. I mean, it's a huge article, but it doesn't contain that much writing from me. It contains lots and lots and lots of screenshots of the transcript. And By the way, one reason why I have the red boxes and red lines on them is one, to point certain things out that I'm noticing in them, but also because I need to take the transcript and make it a work product. I need to actually work with it because as part of the agreement of getting the transcript, you're not supposed to post the whole thing um, or share it with anyone. So I've been writing these super long articles that are super detailed. And I totally appreciate that lots of people would like something a little bit more summarized. But that's what Epoch Times is doing. And that's what Washington Examiner is doing. And that's what TechnoFog is doing. And they're all doing great jobs. I really, I, I'm really impressed with their work. In fact, we're gonna I'm gonna read some Technofog today. But I wanted to go into detail because I feel like instead of just the highlights of the trial, it's worth getting into the details of it. Um, for the insights into what was asked and what was answered, the insights into John Durham and how he conducts a trial and how his assistant special counsel, Michael Kilty conducts a trial, um, the, the, the nitty gritty of the trial to see how it goes. And I don't know how this trial is going to end up going, but if you read these articles, then you'll have an understanding of how we got to the eventual conclusion of the trial and why the trial matters. I finished day one and day two. I'm a little over halfway done with day three. And my goal is to publish the day three article today. It's badlands.substack.com. And all of it is free, of course. But if you would like to support what we're doing there, subscribe to Badlands Media. And if you'd like to specifically support me, then go to my substack, .substack justhuman.substack.com. And sign up for a paid subscription there. That is the best way to support the work that I do. And I haven't moved. I'm not going to be permanently on Badlands. I mean, I am a contributor to Badlands. But I haven't stopped writing for my own substack. I'll, I'll still be writing for my substack. It's just that the transcript belongs to Badlands Media. And therefore, the work that I do based off of that transcript needs to be published on Badlands Media. Additionally, Badlands Media has a rumble channel, which you should subscribe to. The streams that we're doing are first appearing on Patel Patriot's rumble because he has a huge rumble, um, like 100,000 people or something. Uh, He's got a huge rumble. So we're first publishing there. And then the replays appear on Badlands Media's rumble page. So if you're interested in replays of all the shows we're doing, we have quite the lineup. Our goal here is that We wanted to produce or put out content every day of the week. And we wanted to be a a good variety of content. So there's everything from sports talk in the morning with Patrick and JB. Patrick and I are going over my substacks in detail. um, Right here, the Danchenko Danchenko trial. And there's also knowledge base with Jordan Sather and Justin Deschamps. And there's sit rep with CanCon and rug pull radio with g money and patriots in progress um lots of shows covering lots of different stuff from whether it's conspiracy the danchenko trial bitcoin or um, veterans type stuff um i know that i heard lots i haven't gotten a chance to watch it but i've heard lots of really good things about the sitrep with cancon and alpha warrior and i know cancon is going to have uh what is it lieutenant colonel Stuart schiller um is it schiller or Scheller? Um, you may remember him. He's going to be on with uh, CanCon later this week, I believe, on Thursday. So we're trying to produce tons of different types of content. And my, what I'm going to be doing with Patrick is we're going over my substacks in detail. And, and so far, the way it's gone is that each time we've gone through about half a substack, which means that we will finish up this week but we're going to be behind the conclusion of the trial. I'm okay with that because we're not trying to be the breaking news as far as Danchenko trial. We're trying to be the detailed news. We're trying to take what happened in the trial and put it in context of today context of the entire Spygate saga. Um, We're trying to extract things out of it that are meaningful and if you're interested in details and you would prefer to have it read to you and hear me commentate on it then watch me and Patrick we're having a great time and i'm really enjoying it i think Patrick and i click pretty well and we're we're different enough that it makes it interesting but we're we're both informed enough on this topic that we can have a really good conversation about it i've really enjoyed it i will be on with him again tonight in fact i'll be on it every every night this week except for thursday is the plan so 7 30 p.m eastern every night this week patrick and I will be streaming together and going over the uh the trial transcripts that I have I've been producing stub stacks out of or rather the sub stacks I've been producing based on the trial transcripts um so yeah that's what's up and I'm really happy about it and pleased about it. And I saw some rumble rants come in and they've one of them disappeared for me. I think it was JC bird. Good morning, JC bird. Appreciate the coffee money. And it's just me. Thank you very much for the happy anniversary wishes. It was a great anniversary. Um, okay. So. Badlands. Oh, also Brian Cates has joined, uh, badlands media as a contributor and he has a great article giving a, Forty thousand foot view basically of uh of the trial so i might read it today on the show i'm not sure my goal for today on the show is that i'm going to go over day three and day four based on techno fog's work and one of the reasons i want to do that is to catch up as far as my own streams um right here i want to catch up these streams Because my understanding is that there, we could have a trial conclusion today that there could be closing arguments today and the case is turned over to the jury for their decision today. Now, you may remember I made a rather lengthy post last week about this trial and about not getting our hopes up for a conviction. And I just want to reiterate that point again. That it would be great to have a conviction of Igor Danchenko. I would be very happy about it. I would celebrate it. I would have an adult beverage. I would post a ton of emojis online. And I'm sure I would join everybody in celebrating that, yay, we got this. Conv- we got a conviction of Igor Danchenko. It would be great but I do not think that is the most important thing about this trial. I do not think it makes that much of a difference in the battle against the deep state or a battle or reckoning um, of Spygate. I don't think this guy, this Russian lawyer, protege of Fiona Hill, who basically laundered information, from one source to another to steal, to put it in a dossier, which got used in FISA apps that were approved to spy on Carter Page. I don't think a conviction of him, this middleman, actually gains us that much. It would be a victory that a lot of people would celebrate, it would shut down the black pillars, some some the black pillars would not be gone if we got a conviction they would simply say good but it's not good enough and or they would say good but it's the last good thing that's ever going to happen John Durham's just going to write a report now and be gone so it's over it doesn't really matter that's what they would say so I want the conviction and I will celebrate it if it happens but I'm not necessarily expecting a conviction of Danchenko and I'm not placing all of my, um, all of my hopes in it. What I, what I really want and what I am seeing happen in this trial is the destruction, absolute destruction of the Steele dossier and its allegations. I'm seeing things admitted into evidence admitted into the court record that speak to a broader conspiracy. Um, we're learning about steps that were taken to investigate these people and steps that should have been taken. Um, as I put in my, the subtitle of my recent article, the day two article, Danchenko's in the courtroom, but the FBI is on trial and very, very much so. The FBI is on trial in this case. It has been brutal for the FBI. And that's what, I, that's what I want to see is I want there to be this evidence entered into the court record. I want the special counsel to have this evidence and to do the work of telling the story of this part of the Spygate criminal conspiracy. But I want the bad actors revealed and I want the false narratives about the Steele dossier and about Crossfire Hurricane to be permanently shut down forever. And I think we all want that. Of course, the conviction of Igor Denchenko doesn't mean that much to me. What means a lot to me is seeing the work that should have been done or wasn't done, the ineptitude of the FBI and having that on the record and learning that Brian Otten is not only in your investigation, he's been threatened with suspension. Learning that Charles Dolan, and you'll see this in my next article for day three, Charles Dolan was on the stand in day three. And we learned that not only was Charles Dolan a person of interest, Charles Dolan came under investigation by the FBI. And then he came under investigation and was a, is, is, is a subject of investigation for the Durham special counsel. That's a Clinton guy. I want Durham to get at the evidence he needs to charge the conspiracy. Because the spirit the conspiracy is the real objective here. If the objective of Durham was to just get some low-level people who laundered information or laundered these hoaxes, who pitched these hoaxics, hoaxes, hoaxes, no, that's that really doesn't gain us much. I don't have I don't have this sense of I want revenge on these people. I want like these low-level people. I don't want revenge on them. Like I'm not gonna like sleep better at night. Because are any of you going to sleep better at night because Igor Danchenko got like five years prison or maybe 10 years probation or something? Would any of you sleep better if Michael Sussman got five years probation? Would you feel like, oh, yeah, we really we really took it to the deep state there. Five years probation for Sussman. I don't think you would. But if the criminal scheme, the conspiracy was exposed for all. And the Alpha Gate hoax and the steel dossier were dead forever, not just because pundits said so, not just because conservative and conservative pundits and Maga said, that's right, we proved it wrong. We can prove it with our substacks that it's wrong. No, but they were proven wrong because an inaccurate and false on the court record. Now that's really something. And if you could go to somebody who still believes some of that BS and you could show them, hey, look, I need to show you in this court case right here, this right here, this is evidence right here proves that the Alpha Gate Scandal was a hoax, and it proves the Steele dossier was a complete and total hoax, and it's on the court, a federal court record. The best thing to come out of the Sussman trial was that Durham broke down the attorney-client privilege, which is how the Clintons and other criminal swamp moms, other swamp monsters, have hid their crimes for decades, is they put lawyers between themselves and their crimes. And then they claim attorney-client privilege. And in this trial, they laundered information through various people to come up with fake allegations to slander a president and to get a FISA app on an innocent American, Carter Page, so they could spy on him. And they went ahead and spy on him, even though they knew they couldn't corroborate this information. And they never did corroborate this information. But they kept spying on him. Because there were people in the FBI who wanted that. They wanted to spy on Carter Page so they could look for something. They could try and find something to get other people and hopefully Donald Trump on. Some sort of criminality, some sort of collusion. And they never found it. And the very app, the very application they used to get that FISA warrant on Carter Page was entered into evidence in this trial. I truly believe Durham is going for a, a RICO case. And these are just the steps he's taken to get there. This is a mob trial where you pick at different parts of the mafia family, of the mob family. You pick at different parts, low-level people, and through them you get access to information, to communications, etc. You know, none of us knew you'll find this out in my next article. None of us knew that Clinton ally and Democrat activist Charles Dolan was under investigation by the FBI for years and then now is under investigation as, and is a subject, not a person of interest, is a subject of the Durham Special Counsel. None of us knew that his emails were subpoenaed. His phone call records were subpoenaed. His Facebook records were subpoenaed. Folks, for five years, Clinton crony Charles Dolan has been under investigation. And nobody knew. For years now, Brian Otten has been under investigation and nobody knew. Personally, more and more as we go through some of the news that's been happening lately with Oleg Deripaska and Durham wrapping up a recent grand jury. I'm starting to think that Durham might indict Oleg next, but Oleg's out of the country. So I'm not sure if he will, but I'm wondering if the people, the people I have in my mind for another Durham indictment, which I do believe he'll drop another one, are Rodney Joffe, Bruce Orr, and Oleg Deripaska. Those are the three names that are really sticking out in my mind as where Durham might be headed. So, let's get to this article about day three. Igor Den, by by Technofog, who is excellent, of course. The Igor Danchenko trial day three revealed the FBI paid Danchenko over two hundred thousand dollars. Day three of the Igor Danchenko trial, false statements trial, started with the testimony of Democrat activist and Clinton ally Charles Dolan. For background, Dolan has historic ties to the Democrat Party, was a state chairman of Bill Clinton's ninety-two and ninety-six presidential campaigns. It was an advisor to Hillary Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. Uh, guys, Dolan testified in the trial that he has he has uh, been involved in the campaigns of every Democrat president except for Obama because he was for Clinton in 2008. Dolan's connection to connections to Russia began from his consulting work, where he served to attract foreign investments into Russia in the two thousands. As part of that job, he would have regular conference calls with the spokesman for the Russian president Vladimir Putin and had occasional meetings with other Russian officials. Other work such as assisting Disney in obtaining a broadcast license would keep him connected to Russia. Dolan was introduced to Danchenko through Fiona Hill in the spring of 2016. I'll let Dolan explain. I think Dolan's coming, by the way. I think there will be an indictment of Dolan eventually, guys. Uh, Eventually. But I don't think he's going to be next. Dolan was introduced to Igor Danchenko through Fiona Hill in spring of 2016. Question, and how do you know Mr. Danchenko? Answer, well, we met through Fiona Hill, who was at the Brookings Institute. Mr. Danchenko was helping a friend of his look for a PR firm. Okay. And for the benefit of the jury, who is Miss Fiona Hill? She was the head of the, I believe, European Studies at the Brookings Institution. That friend, Danchenko, was trying to assist was a woman by the name of Olga Galkina. Dolan would eventually meet with her in Cyprus in March of 2016. Galkina would eventually become relevant to the dossier story. Very relevant. Danchenko and Dolan kept in touch, meeting from time to time. Part of the reason they stayed connected was because of the potential opportunities Dolan's firm, K Global, and Danchenko's employer, Orbis, might pursue. The business opportunities never presented themselves. In May 2016, Dolan reached out to Danchenko because he would be traveling to Moscow to attend a conference at the Ritz Carlton. Dolan eventually traveled to Moscow in June 2016. At that time, Danchenko was already in Moscow, and the two met in that city. Dolan returned to the U.S., and he and Danchenko remained in occasional contact. All of this background information was necessary to help establish the Dolan-Danchenko relationship. From there, Special Counsel Michael Keelty produced an email where Danchenko reached out about the Trump campaign. Answer, quote, Could you please ask someone to comment on Paul Manafort's resignation and anything on Trump campaign? Off the record, of course. Any thought, rumor, allegation? I am working on a related project against Trump. Dolan responded to Danchenko stating, let me dig around on Manafort. Pretty sure the new team wanted him gone ASAP and used today's New York Times story to drive a stake in his heart. He followed up with another email to Danchenko where he said, quote, I had a friend with a GOP friend of, I had a drink with a GOP friend of mine who knows some of the players and got some of what is in the article, which provides even more detail. She also told me that Corey Lewandowski, who hates Manafort and still speaks to Trump regularly, played a role. He is said to be doing a happy dance over it. I think the bottom line is that in addition to Ukraine revelations, a number of people wanted Manafort gone. It is a very sharp elbows crowd. This information turned out to be false. And Dolan admitted upon questioning from Kilty, that he never did have a drink with a GOP friend. He got the information from cable news. Danchenko would again request information from Dolan, saying it's an important project for me and our goals clearly coincide. Dolan figured Danchenko said this because, quote, he knew I would be a supporter of the Clinton campaign. Special counsel Kilty then showed Dolan parts of the steel dossier and compared them to the information Dolan provided Danchenko. He asked Dolan if the information he provided Danchenko was substantially similar to what was in the steel dossier. Dolan's response was yes. Fast forward to January 2017, BuzzFeed released the steel dossier and a client of Dolan's was mentioned in the document. Dolan had a suspicion about Orbis and Danchenko's involvement, so he reached out. Danchenko hedged on the matter and then disappeared, never getting back to Dolan. Question. You testified that you had a call with Mr. Danchenko on the morning of January 11th, correct? That'd be the day after the Buzzfeed article. Yes. And you had testified that you asked him about the Steele dossier? Yes. Do you recall what Mr. Danchenko said? Well, I'm paraphrasing, but as I recall, he said he wasn't sure. He check into it and get back to me. Did he ever get back to you? No. I just want to point out, and you'll see this in my upcoming article, that they they really busted Dolan on his lies about this. Uh, it was pri- it was quite brutal for Dolan, and neither neither counseled just like with Brian Auten. Neither counsel was friendly with Dolan, you know, uh, Michael Keelty didn't treat Dolan as a, as a, uh, friendly witness on the, on the stand. Um, he, he exposed that Dolan had been a liar and his lies had ended up in the steel dossier. And then, uh, when I think it was Sears who cross-examined him, when Sears got up for defense, he wasn't kind to him either and exposed the how dolan had been invest had been investigated subpoenaed his records obtained through warrant and uh, that he was under he was now a subject of the special counsel now the redirect of dolan that exchange we cited above seems to contradict dolan's statement during direct cross examination that the that the information he gave danchenko was substantially similar to the dossier allegations Kilty cleaned it up with this exchange All right. And during the meeting, we did show you that email, correct? He's talking about the second time they interviewed Dolan. Because Dolan was interviewed by the special counsel, Durham special counsel, um, at least twice. And the first time, Dolan was like, no, I don't think anything I said ended up in the dossier. I'm not sure about that. And then the second time, they showed him the same side by side. The BuzzFeed article plus the email he sent Danchenko. And Dolan was like... Yeah, yeah, those look side by side. They do look pretty similar. And that information did appear to come from me. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I think I think Danchenko took the information I gave him and put him put it in the steel dossier. Now, the testimony from agent special agent Kevin Helson, who is out of the Washington field office. Some of you may remember uh, Helson's name. From the Maria Butina case, he was the case agent on that and did the affidavit. He signed the affidavit or wrote the affidavit and signed it for the Maria Butina um, indictment. Agent Helson was Danchenko's handler once he became a confidential human source in March of 2017. He wasn't part of Crossfire Hurricane, though. But he was approached by members of Crossfire Hurricane Team, Steve Soma and Brian Auten, to help manage their new source. "Quote: I was like, I was approached most likely. I think it was around the end of January 2017 by two members of the Crossfire Hurricane Hurricane Team who had identified an individual they had ju- had just conducted a three-day interview with." Oh, lost my place. Sorry. It was in the course of that three day interview. They had learned that there was a potential for more information relative to the programs that I was working. The programs he's working is that he's part of Russian counter, counterintelligence. The Danchenko CHS was tasked to agent Helson was assigned to agent Helson by his Washington field office supervisor. Helson was to meet with and eventually open Mr. Danchenko as a CHS to get him to report on stuff that was of interest his interest in Danchenko was primarily Russian counterintelligence, as opposed to Otten and Soma's interest in the dossier. Helson had been managing Danchenko by the time Mueller was appointed special counsel. Here's, where the, here's how the interactions went. Quote, the general understanding that I had with Crossfire Hurricane, and ultimately what became the Mueller investigation, was if you want questions asked related to the, related to the dossier, I will ask them but it's going to be incumbent upon them to give those to me. Helson was asked about whether Danchenko was able to corroborate any of the dossier allegations. His answer was no. Interestingly, Danchenko appeared to have been given favorable treatment even for a paid CHS. Helson said it's typically standard practice that the monetary compensation is based on the type of information the source gives. Danchenko, however, was paid thousands just to sit down and talk to the FBI. Helson would eventually take part in interviews with Danchenko that were recorded without Danchenko's knowledge. Some of the questions were presented from Otten, such as Otten's instructions to readdress the Sergei Milyon matter. We may have discrepancies. The Milyon matter would be readdressed, with Helson first admitting he didn't know Milyon had a formal relationship with the FBI until trial prep. In fact, Helson was kept in the dark by Otten and Soma, not seeing any correspondence between Danchenko and Milion, and not seeing correspondence between Dolan and Danchenko. Helson stated he was very confident Danchenko told him he spoke with Milion a couple times. Not once, a couple times. From there, a good deal of questions related to Crossfire Hurricane slash Mueller team, not providing helson with danchenko's communication question with respect to to this email from dolan to danchenko would that be something that you would have been interested in on june 15th of 2017 yes but you didn't have it you didn't have this did you no did you ever get that other that other email uh, other than recently did you ever see this no question do you know sir or at the time did you know whether or not there was any information that then appeared in any of the dossier reports relating in some way to these emails. Not until you showed me. So just to clarify this real quick for y'all. The agent that was handling Dan Chinko was not on the Crossfire Hurricane team. Was not on this Mueller special counsel team remained out of the Washington field office doing his Russian counterintelligence job. That was his personal interest in Danchenko. But the Crossfire Hurricane team, and then later the Mueller special counsel team that was investigating this, or supposedly investigating all this stuff, would give questions to Helson, who would then ask Danchenko those questions when they met. But Helson was not given all the information he needed. He wasn't given the emails. He wasn't told about conversations that Danchenko had with Dolan. He wasn't told about conversations that Danchenko had with Million. He was in the dark about all that stuff. He was just given brief information, very little information and a question. Hey, I want you to bring up Million again because we have some discrepancies with the information we got. And so Helson would just be like, all right, so, uh, Tell me about what you know about this million guy. And Danchenko could basically, because Helson didn't have the background information he would need to do a proper interrogation, he couldn't actually get at anything substantive about that stuff. Because he simply didn't have the information he needed to get to it. There was also a long series of questions and answers on Dolan, the interviews, and Olga Galkina. Then Durham asked Helson about the dossier being used in the Carter Page FISA warrant and Helson's 2017 conclusion that it was bunk. Question, and who is it that is saying that that right there has read, quote, right, because it's not others know legally, there's no attorney that's ever going to put that on an, as evidence anyway. Yeah, that's me. I said that. But do you know, sir, whether or not the uncorroborated information concerning a well-coordinated conspiracy of cooperation portion out of report number 95 was that used in a legal document I understand that it I think it was used or cited in a FISA application and that was against an American citizen correct I believe that was yes and it was completely unvetted yes To me, guys, I mean, I'm not finished with going over day three. Like I said, I'm a little over halfway done with the transcript. But to me, they kept Helson, it comes off to me like they kept Helson in the dark on purpose so that he couldn't do a good job questioning Dan Chink on these matters. That's just how it comes off to me in the transcript. Now, the cross examination. Briefly, here are some highlights of the cross examination of Helson by Danchenko's attorneys. Helson came to trust Danchenko. Their relationship lasted from March 2017 through October 2020. Early on, Danchenko demanded more money from the FBI, reportedly because he was at risk. The Crossfire Hurricane Slash Muller team never raised any real concerns about the information Danchenko provided. So they would just take it. They didn't scrutinize what Helson was getting. The Crossfire Hurricane team never asked Helson to image Danchenko's cell phone or obtain his emails. Basic investigatory steps. Basic steps. Helson told Danchenko as a CHS that he should scrub his phone to mask his connection to Steele and any connection to the FBI. Helson sought approval to pay Danchenko $10,900 at one point, and another request was, 10, was for t- another $10,000. Helson was upset that Danchenko's 27, January 2017 interview was released to the public. After Danchenko was ended as a source, Helson requested Danchenko receive a lump sum payment of $346,000. This would have brought the total payments to Danchenko to $565,000. It was not approved, though, and overall, Danchenko was paid just over $200,000 during his course as a CHS from March 2017 to October 2020. Redirective, Helsinki. To close, we'll provide key excerpts of the conclusion of Helson's testimony. Our friend Fool Nelson was in attendance and said Durham lit Helson up. Understandably so, as Helson defended and criticized the closure of Danchenko as a CHS. Specifically, Durham caught Helson in a falsehood about the paperwork used to open Danchenko as a CHS. Question, let me ask you again with respect to the opening of Mr. Danchenko as a confidential human source. You filled out the paperwork, correct? Correct. And in that paperwork, one of the important questions is, is there any derogatory information about this person? Correct? Correct. And you wrote, there is no derogatory information. Yeah, based on my search. And is that untrue? is it was there was a case on him and what was the what was the nature of the case it was a counterintelligence investigation out of a different field office it's a 65 day file correct correct is that counterintelligence yes or a particular type yes an espionage case an espionage case Durham raked Helson over the coals on this issue, pointing out that Helson never corrected his falsehood after learning of this derogatory information. Question. My question to you, sir, was whether or not you ever went back in the paperwork for opening Mr. Danchenko as a confidential human source to correct the fact that you had written that there was no derogatory information. No, no. Durham also brought up the issue of Danchenko committing fraud in connection with his immigration. As you can see, Helson tried to explain away the mistakes. Question, yeah, in fact, it's it's to determine whether or not there was fraud committed in connection with his immigration, right? Correct. Did you do that? No. He went, he had, he, he had went to, well, that's not my question. Okay. Did you do that? No. To your knowledge, did anybody It's working on Crossfire Hurricane, Mr. Mueller's group or otherwise, ever run that to ground and do what had been done recommended. No. Durham also brought up Helson's failure to check Danchenko's statements against his past travel records and how Helson didn't follow recommendations to assess Danchenko's actual moves or actual motives. Question. All right. What about looking at what we he had said as compared to what the record showed? Did you do did you do that going backward? Not going backwards, no. Did they make a specific recommendation to you that the Bureau Behavioral Assessment Group conduct on examination to determine what Mr. Danchenko's actual motives, allegiances, and vulnerabilities were? Yes. And did you do that? No. Helson's failures kept on being pointed out. Question, were you, was it recommended that you do an assessment or to look at the financial nature of Mr. Danchenko's employment because of the concern that he may be prone to shopping around his information in search of work and recomposing reporting contained unsolicited material, which may indicate the FBI is not the primary audience for his information? Yeah, I saw that in a report. Did you do that? No. Was it recommended that the Washington Field Office determine whether Mr. Danchenko committed any unauthorized illegal activity for the apparent falsehoods and inaccuracies contained in his visa and immigration documents? Yes, they recommended that. Did you do that? No. Then Durham asked Helson about the Washington Field Office recommendation to polygraph Danchenko. Apparently concerned with Danchenko's loyalties. Question, did they specifically recommend to the Washington field office and you that you considered administering a polygraph of Mr. Denchenko to determine if he has ever been tasked by a foreign individual, entity, or government to collect information or to perform actions adverse to the U.S. interest? They recommended that, yes. Did you do that? No. There was one final point of contention between Durham and Helson which will spill over into tomorrow morning. Helson had disagreed with the recommendation to look further into Danchenko's ties to Russian intelligence. This recommendation came from an analyst who spent 19 years as an army counterintelligence officer in Europe. With that in mind, today ended with this question answer. Question. Do you recall, sir, whether or not you or any of your colleagues who were looking at the dossier and trying to corroborate the information there? Did you or anybody to your knowledge in the FBI attempt to run to ground and complete or conclude resolve that case that had to be closed because the FBI mistakenly thought he had left the country? Did anybody do anything to resolve that? No. It looks like Danchenko will not testify. That's not a surprise. We might see closings on Monday, Probably followed by a verdict that same day, if not by Tuesday. This is the second day in a row that Durham has basically treated the FBI agents or analysts as hostile witnesses. First it was Otten, now it was Helson. It's just not about the incompetence and their basic investigative failures. It's also that these FBI agents and analysts come across as arrogant, at least from my reading of the transcripts, and continue to hold themselves essentially blameless. All the while, they have, at times, defended Igor Danchenko, the witness who didn't tell them the truth. It's not a good look for the Bureau. And I want to say, after I sip some coffee, you guys know, if you've been watching me for a while, you guys know that I'm not so... I'm one of the content creators in this community who's not as eager to bash the FBI as others. Let's put it that way. Uh, I'm not as eager as others. Um, Some people accuse me of being too kind to the FBI or have said that I'm giving them too much of a pass. Um, I I tend to see more good guys in the FBI than others, and I tend to in certain situations, I tend to try and look for an explanation before I condemn the FBI, like an explanation before I condemn the FBI in every situation, uh, where there's in the immediate reaction from the community of FBI bad. I tend to try and look for an alternative explanation that maybe doesn't cast the FBI as a bad guy. Like maybe if we had a little bit more context, we had a little bit more information, we would not regard this as in the, you know, we wouldn't jump to that conclusion. Non-reactionary. But my reading of the transcript and what I have seen in the first three days of the trial is that the FBI is not looking good at all. It's either incompetence, ineptitude, failure to take basic investigatory steps they i don't know if i read it as arrogant it's hard to tell if it's arrogant from the script um but it's like there's a group of there's a contingent of people in the FBI who were specifically involved in crossfire hurricane who were not trying to investigate they weren't trying and they never did try. They had a narrative. They had some pieces of information that served their objectives, which was to damage Trump and to spy on his campaign. And they went with it and they, while they said they were about trying to fund the sources and they were trying to corroborate information in the dossier, they never actually really tried. And Helson here, there are some things about Helson, that I was in reading what he said, how he handled Danchenko. I understood from a counterintelligence perspective, like what his own, what his job and his specialty is with the unit he works in with the Washington field office. I can, I can understand, like I can, I can understand and be kind of sympathetic to how he handled Danchenko. but, By the time Durham's done with them, you're like, whoa, you didn't do these things. Like, you didn't polygraph him. You didn't go back and look at the counterintelligence investigation that happened out of Baltimore. You didn't do all these other things that you absolutely, not only should you have done, like, it makes good sense to do them. It was recommended to you that you do these things. And Helson has 20 years' experience. It's not like he's a new guy. He either did, he either didn't do these things because he didn't want to, like he's lazy, or he disagreed for some reason, like maybe because he di- he liked having this source, he liked having Danchenko as a source. I don't know. There's something here. Helson needs to be rec- and I don't I haven't gotten his, I haven't finished with Helson's transcript so maybe he has been recommended to the OIG but in my opinion he absolutely needs to be recommended to the office of in, of internal investigations he needs to be in, in um uh inspector general absolutely especially since it was recommended to him that he do these things and he didn't do it. Now I am sympathetic to him that he wasn't given all the information he would have needed to do a better job as far as asking Danchenko about Million and about Dolan. Like he was not provided with the information he needed to do a to, to thoroughly um interrogate Danchenko and extract information from Danchenko about those individuals, right? He wasn't given what he needed, he was handicapped in that respect. But the way, but way he, you know, we look at what had this happened here, where he didn't do these other things. It makes me think, even if he had been provided with that stuff, he wouldn't have done what he should have done. It gets, as this goes on, that's you're right, Donna and confidence has no place in the FBI. And as this goes on, as I read the transcript and what I read to you, And as the questioning went on of Otten, it's moved from this is incompetence and this is ineptitude in the FBI, that this is purposeful, willful failure. They purposefully did not look into this stuff, probably because they were on Team McCabe. Team McCabe is Team Clinton. All right, next TechnoFog article. And again, if you if you missed the beginning of the show, I'm working on my day three article of the transcript now. I will finish it today, and I will be on with Patrick Gunnels tonight to keep going over the transcript. Uh, we'll be on together at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. Igor Danchenko trial revelations, Team Mueller's obstruction. The Mueller special counsel refused witness interviews that would have implicated itself. Yeah. Jason knowingly. Yeah. Knowingly. I I think a lot of these FBI agents knowingly did a bad job because she was never supposed to lose. And then what she did, when she did lose, they needed to keep this going. They needed to keep this going. Investigation, this spying campaign on a president going on on Friday. Special Counsel John Durham finished presenting evidence in the Igor Danchenko trial. The most damning part of the day, if not the trial, testimony that FBI supervisors within the Mueller special counsel refused request to interview a source for the steel dossier. Longtime Democrat activist Charles Dolan. But first we start with the redirect examination of a witness from Thursday afternoon, FBI special agent, Kevin Helson, who handled Danchenko when he was a confidential human source. Durham had questioned Dan Helson about efforts to determine the Danchenko Dolan connection in summer 2017. By that time, the Mueller special counsel had been ongoing since May and had on its own taken part in the last Carter page FISA renewal. And if you recall from our last article, Danchenko had been at FBI CHS since March, 2017. And Helson was the go-between. By June 2017, the Mueller Special Counsel had developed information that Democrat Charles Dolan may have been a source of the Steele dossier. They passed questions about Dolan to Agent Helsin. <coughs> Excuse me. How did those Dolan questions... Um, who did those Dolan questions come from? It came from the Mueller investigative team, particularly Miss Amy Anderson. Durham also cleaned up Helson's sloppiness. The previous day, Helson testified that Denchenko didn't know the Steele dossier was going to the FBI. Helson admitted he didn't have any evidence to support his own conclusion. Question, you you were asked a question yesterday that you adopted. You were asked a question about, well, the defendant didn't know that Steele's, doss, Steele's reports were going to the FBI, and you said yes. Do you have any independent knowledge of that? No. That's just what the defendant told you, right? Yeah. So when you told the jury that he, Mr. Danchenko, didn't know that they were going to the FBI, you don't know that to be the case? I had no other knowledge that suggested that, no. Right. There's no independent evidence of any sort, correct? Yes, correct. Helson was also asked about Danchenko's lack of complete honesty with respect to his interactions with Charles Dolan and his travels to Moscow. As you'll see, Helson's answers also implicate his own failure to fully investigate his source. Did Mr. Danchenko tell you about his having been in Moscow in June of 2016? No, he did not tell me that. Did he tell you anything about having met with or seen Mr. Dolan in Moscow in June of 2016? No, sir. Do you recall, sir, whether or not you ever learned the dates on which Mr. Danchenko was in Moscow in June of 2016? I learned of it later. And do you remember when you learned at a later point in time he had been in Moscow in June of 2016? Did you talk to him about that? No. Danchenko's June 2016 Moscow trip where he met with Dolan has significant timing because Danchenko flew from Moscow to London to give a report. Who was in London? Christopher Steele. And we already know this, that's, (laughs) um, oh, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Durham also inquired about Helson's October 24th, 2017 interview with Danchenko. Helson described the purposes of that meeting. This meeting was in part, it was a direction from Mueller investigative team, bringing up the discrepancies in the Sergei million matter. And they wanted me to go back specifically to ask questions and get responses. Just so we're clear, by October 24th, 2017, the Mueller team knew there were issues with Denchenko's allegations about Sergei Million, At a minimum, they were aware of the discrepancies in Denchenko's claims about Million. And how did Denchenko respond? By changing his story. Question, in that connection, sir, do you recall whether or not Mr. Denchenko at that time gave the same or somewhat different description of the number of contacts he had with Sergei Million? It was a different number. So remind the jurors, if you would, in the initial contacts that you had with Mr. Danchenko, how many times did he say he had had contact with Milion? One time. And was that consistent? Up until this moment. The importance is twofold. First, it confirms to the Mueller special counsel that there are even more problems with Danchenko's story. Second, it catches Danchenko in a lie that would, four plus years later, be part of his own indictment. The testimony of former FBI intelligence analyst Brittany Herzog. Herzog was with the FBI from 2008 through 2019 as an intelligence analyst. With a primary focus on Russian counterintelligence, she described her role as an analyst who "quote looks at information and tries to identify trends, patterns, and investigative next steps." She was assigned to the Directorate of Intelligence at the FBI headquarters. Hertzog was assigned to Special Counsel Mueller's office in July 2017. She described her role in chain of command within Mueller. Question: And what generally was your role? I was primarily initially to focus on looking into reports that the FBI had received on Russian matters. Did those reports have a particular name? We referred to them typically as the Steele dossier. As a member of special counsel Mueller's team, was there a chain of command? Yes. Can you describe it? I reported directly to SIA Brian Auten. Oh, great. Above him was special counsel Mueller. There were horizontal chains of reporting as well. So there was an attorney, a supervisory special agent, and then head of FBI personnel. So you had occasion to work with special agents as well. Correct. And who were some of those special agents that you worked with? I worked with supervisory special agent, Amy Anderson and supervisory special agent, Joe Nelson. Her became familiar with the Steele dossier and with the parties involved in the Steele dossier, once she joined the Mueller team. And how did you become familiar with Mr. Steele? When I reported July, 2017, To the special counsel's office, I had received background information on the investigation up until that point. It was her job to look into the Steele dossier. She described this as trying to identify the sourcing for the claims in the dossier, and specifically the national security threat with regards to Russian influence. A lot of names appeared in those dossier reports, correct? Did you learn that there were a different number of sources that the defendant relied on? Yes. Did you have a particular focus on any of those sources? There were a number of sub sources that were identified as investigative next steps. Okay. And did you have a particular individual that you focused on? Yes. There was an individual named Olga Galkina who was, when I was assigned to SEO, was my primary focus initially. Compare Hertzog's testimony to the words of Robert Mueller. Quoting from the Steele dossier, extensive evidence of conspiracy between the Trump campaign team and the Kremlin. So here's my question Did Russians really tell that to Christopher Steele, or did he just make it all up and was he lying to the FBI? Uh, let me back up a second, if I could, and say, as I uh, said earlier, uh, with regard to the Steele, uh, that uh, that's beyond my purview. One more time. Quoting from the Steele dossier, extensive evidence of conspiracy between the Trump campaign team and the Kremlin. So here's my question. Did Russians really tell that to Christopher Steele or did he just make it all up and was he lying to the FBI? Uh, Let me back up a second if I could and say, as I uh, said earlier, uh, with regard to the Steele, uh, that uh, that's beyond my purview. How do we not conclude that Mueller lied to Congress? unless his own team kept him in the dark about their own investigation of the Steele dossier. The title of this post references obstruction by the Mueller special counsel. Just to clarify, we're not saying that there will be charges of obstruction of justice from anyone on the Mueller team. We're not going to predict what comes next by obstruction. We mean obstructing the truth. Or obstructing the efforts to determine the truth. We plan to dive deeper into this Mueller issue in the near future back to Hertzog. She took investigative steps to look into the Steele dossier. She investigated Olga Galkina. She also looked into Charles Dolan. And what was your understanding of who Dolan, Mr. Dolan is Mr. Dolan to my understanding, having reviewed FBI databases, had connectivity to both Mr. Danchenko and Ms. Galkina. So your testimony is that you learned about Mr. Dolan through various FBI databases. I believe information was provided to me as background. And when I onboarded with SEO and became aware of more information as I researched. In fact, Herzog connected Dolan to Olga Galkina and also to those who had worked in the Russian government, such as Putin ally and confidant Dmitry Peskov. She checked Dolan's travel records, something that other agents didn't do, by the way, guys. Herzog may be a good one, which is probably why she's not with the FBI anymore. She was a good one. She checked Dolan's records, finding he had traveled to Cyprus, where Galkina was located, and also to Russia. She found Dolan's link to Galkina, a subsource for the Steele dossier of particular importance. Herzog also discovered that Dolan and Danchenko had been in Moscow together. It was an important fact because Mr. Danchenko was identified as being a source for the steel dossier and connectivity between Dolan and Danchenko was important, especially consider, considering, Mr. Dolan's activity to connectivity to Dmitry Peskov. Special counsel, Kielty asked Herzog about her desire and the desire of counterintelligence analyst, Amy Anderson, and even Brian Otten to interview Dolan Herzog was emphatic that she wanted the interview. Do you have a recollection of whether you had an interest in interviewing? Yes. Why would you want to interview Dolan? Answer I was concerned about a national security threat, especially as it related to Mr. Dolan's connectivity to the sources and sub sources of the dossier, as well as any Russian officials. Other members of the Mueller special counsel team, however, took the position to not investigate Mr. Dolan. Their side ultimately won. To the best of Herstog's knowledge, nobody at special counsel's team interviewed Mr. Dolan. Okay, I want to pause right here. Forgive me. Thank you for the rumble rant, Art He writes, plausible deniability. Yes, yes, plausible deniability. Look, I want to make a comment about Mueller's special counsel and about Mueller's testimony there and about this team within the Mueller special counsel that didn't want to interview Dolan. And I will also be bringing this up in my own article. I don't want to argue against Technofog, who is doing a very good work. Always does great work. And this is a great article, article from Technofog, and I'm very happy to read it. But there's something he's leaving out. Before Gates asked Mueller that question... Mueller was asked by another representative about the steel dossier. And that's why Mueller is saying, like I said earlier, it wasn't in my purview. What Mueller said in the earlier question, which is very important, is his full answer was something like, that wasn't in my purview. The steel dossier is being looked at by other members of the Justice Department. Now, that's a horse of a different color. It's one thing for Mueller to say, as is often characterized, most often, especially in conservative incorporated media, it is characterized as Mueller didn't want to look at the Steele dossier. He said it wasn't in his purview. Uh, And then everybody reacts to it. Mueller bad. Uh, Mueller special counsel was terrible. Uh." But Mueller's complete answer was, it wasn't in my purview to fully examine the Steele dossier as part of my special counsel, that was being handled by other people in the justice department. And we know from Dolan's testimony in this trial, that Dolan was being interviewed and it was a subject of an investigation by the FBI his records were subpoenaed, his Facebook records, his phone records, his travel records, his email records. Dolan's been under investigation for five years, people, and it wasn't, it wasn't by the Crossfire Hurricane team, and it wasn't by the Mueller Special Counsel, and it is now by the Durham Special Counsel. So when Mueller says it wasn't in my purview, he's right. Mermaid Miss K, good morning. Mermaid is absolutely right. People made fun of Mueller because they didn't get it. People make fun of Mueller. Because Mueller was being asked questions he could not answer, people made fun of Mueller because representatives were trying to get sound bites in, and Mueller did. Mueller was just like, "No, nah, well, I can only say this." Da, da, da. It's a, it's a, it's a problem of context and pretext and premises. The representatives came in there with premises and pretext to their questions, which did not match the answers that Mueller could give. So therefore they're grandstanding and Mueller's just like, oh, well, according to my notes here. Um, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, we, we did take a look, but honest, but that's actually, that's not in my purview. Um, that would be the responsibility of some other individuals in the justice department. And what? Like, well, that's not in your purview. You're the special counsel. And then for years we've been subjected to these reactionary takes about it. I'll I'll get into it more later in my own article. Um, I do appreciate the reaction everybody's having to it, but the reason this got shut down was because there's more than one investigation going on. I've pointed it out so many times. We get these moments where we, were these little indicators that there were parallel investigations going on the entire time. And this is another one. Mueller even said it. Mueller said it in front of Congress that he didn't use the word parallel investigations, but what else is there? To, that's what it is. If Mueller is saying... I've got my special counsel and we're looking at what we were directed to look at. There are other people in the justice department who are looking at this other aspect. I E parallel investigations. One of them is public and the media is all focused on it and it gets the headlines and it gets the reactions. And the other investigation doesn't say nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nobody knew that a Clinton crony was under investigation since 2017. Nobody knew. Genealogy girl, you're right. Good morning, by the way. And Joe Lang, yes. Rod Rosenstein assigned it to someone else. The OIG and Huber also doing their own investigations. So anyway, I want to be clear. I'm not not bashing Technofog whatsoever. He does excellent work. Much respect. But these are the there are pieces of information that when you put us beside this this right here, these transcripts And that clip of Mueller, those, those things help paint the picture and you get a better understanding. The reason that these agents were rebuffed and not allowed to interview Dolan was because other people in the Justice Department were already interviewing Dolan. Now, testimony of FBI Special Agent Amy Anderson. Anderson, who works in the field of counterintelligence, was part of the Crossfire Hurricane team slash Mueller team from April 2017 through January of 2018. Her initial assignment was to attempt to validate the dossier and to either verify the reporting or determine that it was not accurate. Anderson described her role and supervisors with most with special counsel Mueller. Question What was your initial who were you initially working with in that role at the special counsel's investigation? Answer When I first arrived at the special counsel, I worked with supervisory intelligence agent, agent analyst Brian Otten, as well as quite a few other intelligence analysts Stephanie LaPar or LaPari, Iva Drasanover, Drasanover. I don't know. We had a team that was working the dossier in particular, you know. I never fails. If I'm going to read someone's name on this show, it's a name I've never seen before in my freaking life. (laughs) I've never seen it before or heard it said, and I got to come up on the, got to come up with a way to say it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Did you work with someone by the name of Brittany Herzog? I worked with Brittany a little bit later. She came in not at the very beginning, but maybe a month after or a month or two. Question, in terms of who you reported to at the special counsel's office, if you could just tell us who you reported to. Technically, I reported to Supervisory Special Agent Joe Nelson. Anderson said she was always, she was interested in Dolan in particular, given his connection to Galkina Denchenko. And, and how did you learn the connection between Dolan and Galkina in the defendant? I believe it was a database check, and Galkina did tell us that she knew him, both of them. And learning of Mr. Dolan's connection to the two individuals, what did you do with respect to Mr. Dolan? Did you look into him? I wanted to look into him. She also looked, she also wanted to speak to Danchenko, but she had to do that through Agent Helson, Danchenko's handler. Here's how the process worked. I would speak to the source handler, Helson. So in this case, I would speak to Helson and he would discuss what might be interesting for us to know and then he would go and speak to his source. We do that for reasons of source safety, so that not everyone knows who our sources are. Agent Anderson would eventually fly to Cyprus with Auten to interview Galkina. She said Galkina was mostly forthcoming, except when it came to discussing Charles Dolan. Did you interview with her all three days? Yes, all three days. And would you characterize Galkina as forthcoming with her information and the role with the dossier? She seemed mostly forthcoming forthcoming. Was there a particular area that she was not forthcoming about? Yes, she was hesitant to tell in telling us about Mr. Dolan. All right, let's start with the beginning of those interviews. When you began interviewing Miss Galkina, did you specifically ask her about Mr. Dolan or not? We did. And if you could, how did she react when you asked her about Dolan the first time? She did not want to speak about him. But Anderson kept pressing and eventually straight up asked if Dolan had a connection to the steel dossier. At that point, Galkina admitted Dolan's involvement. The last day. Can you describe for the jury how Ms. Galkina reacted when you asked her directly? She asked me to remove my sunglasses so she could look me directly in the eye before she confirmed that it was Mr. Dolan. Wow. Wow. Agent Anderson then prepared a report of the interviews and compiled a report on everything that she and analyst Herzog had compiled on Charles Dolan. That report was submitted to her supervisor, supervisory special agent, Joe Nelson. Now here's what happens next. So with respect to Mr. Dolan, this memo that you've written, what, if anything, did you do with that memo? I submitted it to my supervisors. And when you say your supervisors, who were your supervisors? SSA Joe Nelson was the immediate approver. What, if anything, happened after you submitted this memo? It's set for approximately three or four weeks. And what, if anything, did you do after three or four weeks? I was told to close. Well, it was never opened. So I was told it was not going to be opened. And who told you that? Joe Nelson. How convenient that the Mueller Special Counsel ended an inquiry that would have implicated itself. Agent Anderson didn't have any personal knowledge as to why the interview request with Dolan was was declined. We're confident Durham asked that very question to Joe Nelson, though. The testimony of FBI Special Agent Ryan James. Ryan James' purpose was to discuss evidence acquired by Special Counsel Durham's team through the course of their investigation. To briefly summarize, he discussed how they obtained telephone, email, Facebook records, Danchenko's emails, call records, and Facebook postings, Sergey Milion's travels and telephone records, time and dates of the calls between Danchenko and Dolan, the lack of calls between Danchenko and Milion; and the lack of the 10 to 15 minute call Danchenko purportedly received from someone he thought was Milion. And that wrapped up the evidence for this case. The court did, as reported, dismiss count one of the indictment, which alleged Danchenko gave a false statement when asked whether he had talked to Mr. Dolan about anything that ended up in the dossier. The problem Durham always faced with count one was the FBI agent's lack of attention to detail. The word talked has a very specific definition. The judge recognized as much, not surprised with that dismissal. As to the defense, Danchenko will not be testifying and his attorneys will not be presenting any evidence Closing arguments are scheduled for Monday. Expect them to last an hour or less with jury deliberations to begin thereafter. The jury might give us a verdict on Monday afternoon at the earliest, but the trial's biggest takeaways will be what we learned about the FBI and the Mueller special counsel. Now, I was disappointed to see count one dismissed, but not not incredibly surprised because they're, the F, basically the FBI should have done a better job. Um, I do think that there was a lie there. I do think that Danchenko. I do think that Danchenko hid his sourcing and he lied about his contacts with Dolan, but the but the FBI did not do a good enough job interrogating him about that specific point, and about that specific um, part of the interview and so that made durham's job charging this count that much more difficult there's still a lie there so it sucks that that count was dismissed but um i'm not uh, yeah it's just kind of a bummer but it's nothing to get too upset about it's it's kind of a bummer but it was always something that it was going to be super difficult For uh, Durham to get to unless Danchenko got in the stand or unless Dolan just, you know, spilled the beans and like completely said, yeah, on that day, uh, Danchenko called me and and we talked about this and he asked me specifically about this. And, you know, like if if that had happened, then he could have gotten that count if Dolan had done his part. But. You know, Dolan's not going to implicate himself. Dolan's under investigation. In fact, we learned in there that Dolan often has, or Dolan has two attorneys that he appears with in these interviews that he's done with special counsel and the FBI because he's in deep trouble. So, um, we'll see if we get a verdict today. Defense isn't even going to put up a defense. They're not going to present any evidence. They're not, they said they're not going to make a case, which is crazy. And you can read that either as Danchenko's defense team feels like Durham's done a terrible job and their client is safe, or you can read that as they don't they don't know how to combat this. I don't know. I don't really know how to think about that. I, I kind of feel like um, maybe maybe they feel like they can't make a case unless they have Danchenko on the stand. Right? Because how are they going to get in evidence without Danchenko being on the stand to, uh, give them foundation for their evidence. So we'll see what happens today. Just a reminder, I will be publishing my day three review in detail of the transcript today on Badlands media. It's badlands.substack.com. And then tonight, I will be on with Patrick at 7.30 p.m. Eastern to go over more of the details of this case. Now, um, guys, if you like the show, the best way to support the show is to subscribe to my own substack, .substack justhuman.substack.com. Or to join my locals or to go to buy. If you just want to make a one-time support, you just want to make sure my coffee cup stays full and keeps me caffeinated to do this work, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash just human and make sure I stay caffeinated. Now there's, there's been a discussion going on in chat over on rumble that I want to, um, I want to, I want to jump in on. mermaid and iowa trump and genealogy girl are talking about sergeant friday and i like sergeant friday very much he taught me a lot and sadly somewhere around the sussman trial For reasons I don't know, he decided to delete all of his videos off YouTube and delete all of his videos off Rumble. And he had just started going live again after taking over a year off and was making videos on, um, Rumble and YouTube. And I was joining in, in the chat and I was really enjoying them. And he had asked me to come on and I was just really busy at the time. But I wanted to go on with them. But I just had a lot going on at the time. And, uh... I regret that I didn't go on. I regret that I didn't make time for it. And I don't know what's going on with him. He was always cantankerous. Um, and if y'all don't know who Sergeant Friday is, then... Um, you know... You're missing out. Uh... He was always cantankerous, pretty moody guy, but man, he had a, he had a depth of knowledge on Spygate, uh, that was just astounding. The amount of information related related to Spygate that he held in his head. Um, I wish, um, I wish he hadn't delete all of his, deleted all of his videos because his videos were so good. He had so many videos that were so, so, so good and taught me so much. And I'm really thankful that Mermaid Miss K suggested them to me not all that long ago. Uh, within the past year, I started watching them and binging them. And uh, I'm really thankful for them. But it does make me sad he, he deleted all of his stuff because he did good work. I hope that I hope that uh one day he decides to re upload them. I hope he has them saved and eventually one day he decides to upload them again. Or at least upload some of the best ones. So yeah there are a lot of people that are spygate researchers that are black pilled. That's right. It's sad to see. it's sad. It's really sad to see. but i I think that um I think that what happens with a lot of people with Spygate and with other issues. Is they get too committed to their own. And I'm not saying this happened with. With Sergeant Friday. But I just think in general. Uh, I've seen this happen with lost by gate researchers. I think they get way too invested. In their own theories. and their own narratives. And. They. um, I, I think. I think that they get they get like this tunnel vision with it and then they have these expectations. And then when information comes out that contradicts their narratives or theories or things don't develop the way they expect them to, they swallow those black pills. And, uh, instead of, instead of taking in the new information and, uh, you know factoring it into their theories and their narratives and adjusting um i think they become way too committed and their own theories and narratives end up working against them so not saying that happened with sergeant friday i just but i do think that's happened with a lot of, of spygate researchers genealogy girl says she has his videos man well If you're willing to do it, I think it would be worth making a Sergeant Friday archive account on Rumble or something and uploading them. I think, especially the videos on Comey and Context, especially those. Those It's really good. All right, guys. I'm going to end the show here and, uh, let me, I need to pull up my exit music before I start ending the show. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Gene- genealogy Girl, if you're willing to do it, I think a Sergeant Friday Archive account with some of his best videos would be... I think people would appreciate it. So thank you, everybody, for uh, being here today and for all the support you give you give me to make this possible. I could not do it without your support, and uh, I've really been enjoying going through these transcripts, and I'm I'm so happy that there are so many people who appreciate me doing detailed breakdowns of the transcript and are also interested in reading it. I think Durham's amazing in the courtroom. I think Keelty is also, also, and I personally get a lot of enjoyment out of reading these transcripts, and I'm really thankful to have them and thrilled that so many of you also enjoy them. So I'll, I'm going to keep producing, I'm going to produce a substack for every single day of this trial. Um, I may not, I may not be able to keep up with the trial, but I can keep up with the details and that's my goal. So y'all have a blessed day. I'll see you tonight, 7.30 p.m. Me and Patrick Gunnels will be live. And then on this, my own rumble or my own D Live, my own telegram, my own foxhole. I will be back here on um, Wednesday morning. Y'all have a great one. Remember, we're not going to win every battle, but we are going to win this war.